Baseball podcast. I am your host, Brad Bell. This podcast offers an educated and informative look at the original Tecmo Bowl from 1989, along with the very first RBI baseball released in 1988. Find us online, Tecmo Bowl Also, interact on Twitter and Facebook at Tecmo Bowl versus RBI. Today's guest is one of the top RBI baseball players in the nation. It's uh, none other than Joe Cordiano from Columbus, Ohio. What's up, Joe? Hello, hello. How are you doing? Uh, it's good to uh, get together with you. It's been a while since we've had a chance absolutely. to talk. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Well, we always do this with guests. We like to talk resume, and you've been a part of many two-day-long championship, what's it called, Champions of the Universe tournament in uh, Chicago, and then you hosted one for quite a few years in Columbus, um, and you are always been a, okay. a perennial Final Four championship round, definitely a guy with a resume, um, if you want to speak to that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first and foremost, uh, Mike Beals in Chicago does a, a phenomenal job putting on the COTUD, as he calls it, the Champion of the Universe uh, tournament. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've done quite a few of them. I think my average place is, like, 2.3, maybe, something like that. Oh, yeah. Basically, so second, yeah. I'm usually in the championship. I think you said once, like, the first year you attended, you got, like, fourth place, and that's the lowest you'd ever finished. That's right. That's right. That's the lowest ever finished. And, um, and every other year I made it to the championship. So. And um, it's a grueling two-day event, uh, best of three series, best of five, best of sevens. You're playing with every team imaginable. So you're definitely versed in all the teams. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry. It is is very grueling, especially if you lose early and you have to fight your way through the loser's bracket all the way back to the championship. It it is, I I don't want to say stressful, but it is stressful, and it is exhausting that many games. I mean, after a while, your eyes get tired of looking at the screen oh yeah yeah i'd I'd be interested to look at the um because mike probably has um records of all the players there and just see for one you probably play close to 20 games of rbi that weekend if you make a deep run right Um, so i mean you've probably you know with all the tournaments probably played almost 100 games rbi just in the public setting yep that's right the um, the topic we want to cover today is some RBI baseball matchup polls, which I posted on uh, Twitter here uh, in the last uh, week or so. And so the stipulation was uh, one starting pitcher, best of three series, um, you know, obviously two player games. And so I put out matchups, which I thought were pretty even, just to kind of get the pulse on on what people thought. So let's start with the first one. It had 109 votes. Uh, National League versus American League, and the National League got 55% of the vote for uh, who they would prefer to be. What are your thoughts on that? For me, the answer is clear, National League, especially with the one pitcher, because you you throw Fernando against the American League, and you've got a pretty good chance. Um, He's just got so much movement. He's coming from the left side. Um, I, I, he can neutralize the American League um, 
lineup as long as you can conserve your pitches. So he loses his stamina pretty easily. So you, you just have to make sure that you're not wasting a lot of pitches. Yeah. Because that's how American League will beat National in that scenario. Mm-hmm. I know when Fernando gets tired, that big breaking curveball starts to come in. It's more like a beach ball when it comes in there because you can – when he yeah. gets tired, you can really start to get a read on it. So, um, so that is a problem. Yeah. You, you, well, the thing that you can get away with with American League, and I don't think a lot of people realize this because they're not familiar with the with the the power ratings of the players, is the the tail end of American League. It's kind of a black hole. You have, uh, um, yeah. Let me just pull up the I don't know, the lineup here, quick like. But the last three guys, and then the. Um, uh, the pitcher, you know, Harold Baines, um, seven ninety two power, which is you know pretty weak. George Brett, eight thirty four. Yeah. He's kind of in that average power hitter range, but still a little bit below. Uh, Bill Schrader's pretty weak, and then the bench outside of McGuire's pretty weak. So um, you can really coast through that back end of American League. Yeah, and you have to put McGuire first at leadoff. So if you try to fill that hole that you're talking about. By putting him maybe where Baines is, uh, he'll get walked every time. Oh yeah. Or yeah. or especially if you put him in the eight hole with Schroeder, he'll just get walked every single time. <laughs> and that's that's the best thing for National League if, if the American League guy puts him at eight or even uh, six with with Baines. Oh yeah, yeah. And I actually see a lot of comments on Twitter about that. They they'll say you know putting McGuire. Um, in place of Baines, I'm like, no, don't do that. I would just walk him every single time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, get, and, yeah and, uh, that's too easy. That makes it instead of instead of fifty five forty five or whatever it was, that makes it ninety ten or eighty five fifteen. <laughs> yeah, internationally. And so McGuire's not seeing a plate appearance virtually because he's being walked. But also when he bats leadoff, he okay. gets you have to pitch to him, and he's going to get the maximum amount of, of at bats. So. I do really like American League's pitching, but it, when it's a one starting pitcher, yeah. you know, you, you know, if it was a two starting pitcher uh, game, I think it'd be a different story. But um, when you can separate Jimmy Key and, and Brett Saberhagen, um, it definitely uh, plays a role. Um, and also the National League, their, their bats with the proper substitutions, they're a lot more powerful from top to bottom than American League. So it's really a mismatch in terms of power. It is. Now you deplete your bench, but mm-hmm. you really shouldn't need it if you do the lineup right. And, and I, I do want to comment on, on Jimmy Key real fast. I think he is super underrated. I think he's one of the, the top pitchers in the game. Um, but the National League lineup is just it's so overpowering that it, it, it kind of neutralizes him a little bit. Quickly, I'll give this to the listener here. Um, if you want to check out the power ratings, because I'm still finding people that aren't familiar with them, go to the website, TecmoBowlVersusRBI.com, and under um, RBI Teams, we have a subpage, RBI Batting Lineup. So you want to check out RBI Batting Lineup uh, for the power ratings, and then for the uh, pitching, it's also a subpage um, at TecmoBowlVersusRBI.com. Um, the RBI Pitching is the subpage. So um, people can view those at home. Or on their uh, you know smartphones or whatever, and kind of see what we're talking about. Um, just I'm looking at Jimmy Key's numbers here. Um, can put a curve in pretty hard into the um, into the right-handed batter. He's got a, a nine on his knuckleball, which is pretty good. It means it's going to drop most of the time. So yeah, definitely. And he's a lefty. You know, I like I like a really 
a lefty with a lot of movement. So yeah, definitely a, a standout guy for sure. Yeah, I, I like to take a guy like that, and I don't. I rarely waste any pitches by throwing fastballs and rarely uh, knuckleballs. Mm-hmm. I like to sit him on the on the outside of the rubber to a right-handed pitcher or about I'm sorry, right-handed batter, and just nibble the outside corner. And if I'm gonna, if it's gonna be like it's just gonna just barely nick it, so the batter is really it's really gonna be a guessing game. Is it gonna barely miss it or is it gonna barely nick it? And yeah. you can get into a groove and really get into the batter's head with a picture like that. And he does it perfectly. And if you sit on that outside corner enough, eventually, if you do try to sneak one in with a fastball, chances are likely you'll 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 catch him. Yeah, that's why you have to save that for a strike three yes. or a knuckleball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think you know fifty five percent for NL that would be my preferred team of choice, um, pretty much every time. So I agree with with that. Uh, let's move on to the next matchup we had, uh, Detroit. Wait, let me ask you a quick oh, question. Sure. Let me ask you a quick question. So, National American, it's fifty-five forty-five by the listeners. What what would you put it at? You know, and and those are that's just um, the percentage based on the votes. But um, right. Um, I I still think it's a fairly close matchup. Um, uh-huh. so, you know, if I had to give odds on, on who would win, you know, I, I would probably go 60% nationally, yeah. you know, to kind of answer your question. The, there. Yeah, that's exactly the number I had in my okay. head. 60-40. Yeah. Okay. 60% chance nationally to win, mm-hmm. given the two players being equal. So the next one, and it's kind of a result I found a little surprising, but it could just be a case of people prefer Boston, but, but not by much. Uh, Boston, in 76 votes, got 68.4% of the votes, and Detroit only got 31.6. I was a little surprised by this. Um, obviously, Boston's a lot more powerful, but the love on Twitter that Detroit gets in RBI is pretty pretty monumental. So I was, so it was kind of a almost like my perception of the bias that's out there towards Detroit. I was a little surprised by that. So give me your thoughts on this matchup here and. Well, I also take Boston for sure, mm-hmm. especially with one pitcher. You've got Clemens; he can go, he can go six, seven innings, no problem. You have to be a little bit careful when you're pitching to Trammell, and when Madlock, uh, especially when he comes off the bench, he's got the pinching pop. You have to be a little careful there. Um, and you can get lazy with Chet Lemon and even Tom Brooken, but um, they have a they're pretty lefty heavy. And I feel like Clemens matches up really well against their lefties. So for me, especially since Detroit has two right-handed starting pitchers, for me, it's a no-brainer Boston as well. Yeah. So, so those numbers for me are about right. Really? Okay. Okay. I do look at the the scary thing for Boston is in game two when they have to go with Bruce Hurst <laughs> against that lineup. Mm-hmm. And it is lefty versus... That's true. So... Uh, I totally agree with everything you said about Clemens against their lefty lineup. Um, but it's just like, I really don't like Boston's chances with Hurst on the hill because he's just kind of trash. In game um, two. Yeah. Yeah. Except um, he's sticking Jack Moore. Who, so, yeah. He's, he's a Hall of Famer in real life. He's not that good in, in RBI. I mean, his, his curve is, is really not that good. Yeah. So he. Um, I'm just going to scroll up here to his ratings. Yeah. So Jack Morris is an eight into the uh, left-handed batter and a three. So he doesn't have a lot of movement. 
So game two with Morris and Hurst has the possibility to be kind of a high-scoring game. You know, maybe, uh, well, for somebody like you and, and Riley or, you know, whoever, a high-scoring game might be five to four or something, you know. Um, right, right. So, but uh, still, um, it, it's a it's a tricky matchup. But overall, I agree Boston does have the edge pretty much everywhere except for Bruce Hurst. Now, in, now in that matchup, when I'm Detroit or when Riley's Detroit, Somehow, the both of us get a tremendous amount out of uh, Willie Hernandez. Yeah. So, he'll pick three innings for us, no problem. Oh, yeah. Because you almost have to have him go at three because you can't trust Eric King to do anything. <laughs> He's probably the worst pitcher in the whole game. So, you, you you need Willie Hernandez to do his job and do Eric King's job. Okay. Double, double up there. And Hernandez, if you like yeah. lefty pitchers against righty batters, so if you can hang in there for six innings with, you know, five, six innings with Alexander, and then you can bring Hernandez in, if you like the lefty versus righty matchup, you know, Willie can get you to that eighth, ninth inning, you know, keeping you in the game, just kind of personal preference. But, yep. and I, what I yeah, love about Hernandez, right, exactly. um, he doesn't throw hard, but his fast, his, when he changes speed, when he goes, kicks up that fastball, um, that speed goes from, you know, what is it, like kind of low 80s to mid 90s. So he, he really uh -huh. pops there. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, so he's uh, he's good for that strikeout because he can just pound that fastball in there. Yeah, and he gives a different look from Alexander and from Morris because he's, he's the sole lefty on the staff. And I'm sure everybody wants to know, Willie Hernandez and I share a birthday. Oh, nice. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll sidetrack just for a minute. So... With with the with the championship of the universe tournament in Chicago, Mike had it set up so that one guy would start game one and he would pick Boston and you would pick a counter. And so a lot of people would pick Detroit as the counter, but sometimes you right. went a different way with that. So ex explain that to me. Okay, so in my mind, Boston has such an advantage in that matchup. I almost want to just concede that and pick California. Okay, so and game. maybe I can get lucky because California's got some pop. So then that, that means I get to pick Detroit next match. In game two. Okay. And then he's going to have to throw San Francisco. Yeah. And I've got a clear matchup there. So now it's one-to-one -one instead of him having a clear advantage in game one and then game two being a 50-50. Sure. So I feel like, I feel like I'm giving the home field advantage back to myself by, by not conceding game one, but, but really set myself up nicely for game two. Yeah. And if I can steal that game one, then he's in a world of hurt. <laughs> yeah. And that's definitely happened before. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Cause, uh, Cal has, um, quite a few powerful bats and, you know, you got Mike, Mike Witt on the Hills pretty good. So, so yeah, an interesting take there to just, um, and also if you were playing an inferior opponent, there's a good chance you could win with California against Boston. So, absolutely. I mean, if you're playing, yeah, absolutely. If you're playing Mark Bridges or you know Riley or some of the elites that were at those tournaments, uh, yeah, I most likely would lose that game, but set yourself up good. So, but yeah, if you uh, yeah, exactly, get, get a, a mediocre exactly. kind of mid-tier player, um, you might win both those games, and and the series is over. Or if it's a best of five, you're gonna be rolling into the next matchup. So. Um, That's right, and, and even against an, another elite player, 
sometimes something like that would just get in their head just enough that it gives you a slight advantage. And sometimes that's, that's as good as it's going to get is a slight advantage. So you take them where you can get them. So our next poll matchup uh, was California, 54.1%, uh, and San Francisco got 459 I think it's pretty – I think there's a lot of factors that, that suggest this is a pretty even matchup. That's a little bit closer than I like. I would give I would give California a little bit more of an edge than than what those numbers suggest, but I think it is a fairly even matchup. Yeah, kind of depends on how you play the lineups, and you're talking all right-handed pitchers the entire series. <laughs> yeah, I do like San Francisco. Like both their starters have an incredible amount of movement, so. Yep. The San it is it, San Francisco starters present a lot of challenge for the California bats. Uh, the problem with San Francisco is they have like a bunch of mid-level power guys, kind of your average power guys. Yeah. But they don't have that just right. devastator in the lineup as as to where California right. has a couple of those. So um so it's an interesting yeah. matchup because of the contrasts and how the teams are built. I, I think I think to your point about um, Rick Ruscio and Mike Kruko's movement. Sometimes, and Fernando falls into this category too, sometimes when a pitcher has significant movement both ways, right and left, it's a little bit harder to control them. So if you're not very well versed, you can waste a lot of pitches. And even though they've got a 40 endurance, I, I think they both do, you're going to wear them out a lot quicker because you're just throwing a lot more pitches. They, their movement isn't as predictable as someone with a, a, a four or five uh, rating on, on movement. They, they've got high movement, especially uh, Big Daddy. Yeah, it's harder to hit your spots. So yeah, exactly. you will you will inadvertently throw more more balls that way. And so, yeah. you know, you can throw some nasty, you know, strikeouts. Um, but if a, you miss a lot, if you're off that day, the batter is patient and just kind of sitting there with the bat on his shoulder. You're going to walk some guys. You're going to you're going to run through high counts pretty quickly. And that, that's part of the key to to taking advantage of the California uh, superiority in, with their lineup is you have to be patient against those two starting pitchers. Mm -hmm. If you can, then you're going to work, get them worn out, and then you're really going to mash. Because Robinson, not very good. I mean, he's okay, but um, Corbet is, is okay. a really, yeah, Corbet is not good. He's terrible. And Donnie Moore is terrible, too. Mm -hmm. God rest his soul. <laughs> Funny thing, we'll sidetrack on this a little bit. So my buddy Nate, his favorite team in RBI to use is San Francisco. And for some oh. reason, he would always start, I'm um, oh, sorry, I, I, earlier I mentioned Corbet with San Francisco, I meant Gerald, so um, kind of a hiccup right. there. Um, so Nate's thought was he was always afraid that he would end up, if we were doing one starting pitcher, he would end up with Gerald's on the hill with the game on the line. So he would start right, Gerald's. Okay. And I would always, like every other time we played, I would put like one, two, three runs up on Gerald's like immediately. And I'm like, dude, stop starting Gerald's. Yeah. <laughs> and he's right. like, well, I might give up the lead, blah, blah, blah. Late. I'm like, dude, deal with it in the ninth inning. But when I get up three, nothing on yeah. you, you're, it's over. You're, you're already going fetal at that point. And you have Kruko and Russell and, you know, these, these guys that are studs, you know, don't start your, yeah. your stupid yeah. reliever. 
Yeah, the, you're right about that. And, you know, it's, it's really funny to me because Riley went through a phase where he would almost always start a reliever first. And I started starting relievers first for a while, too. And now every once in a while, the matchup dictates that we do that, the team matchups. But it, to me, it's so funny how real live baseball is, is kind of <laughs> following RBI because now all of a sudden they're starting relief pitchers. Yeah. As openers, and we've been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, it's just comical. Yeah, well, there's certain te- like uh, with New York, I'm not against starting Orozco in certain situations. So um, yeah. you know, and you might have a few guys. There's you know, I don't like to do it a lot, but my one take on it is if you started a reliever at the top of the order in the you know to start the game. By the time he gets tired, you're at the bottom of the order. You're not facing anybody in most right. cases. Um, but if you bring your reliever right. in for six, seven, eight, nine, one, two, by the time he starts to tire, you're you're getting these powerful guys coming yep. up to bat, and it's it's a tough situation. So, you know, so you're right about that. So it 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 can be you know right both ways. Um, you know, like John Tudor with the Cardinals, you got to start that guy. You know, do not every time do not give up a run with freaking Ken Daly in the first inning and, and trail one nothing the whole way. Yeah. So definitely, um, always something to think about. There's a great managerial aspect yeah. to RBI baseball. Now I rarely do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So there was a phase where we experimented with that, but for the most part, I'm going with the top starter. And and by the way, since you brought Tudor up, I know we'll talk more about him at, at that matchup. But for my money, he's the best pitcher in the game. I tend to agree with that. He's a lefty, and he's just nasty, just wicked stuff. So I, I have no rebuttal for he's that. He's got the speed. He's got the curve. Mm-hmm. He's got it all. Yeah, and St. Louis needs it, you know. And that's the the perception on, you know, like Twitter I see all the time is people think, like, St. Louis is this great team. And I'm like, nah, if you know what you're doing, you get Coleman and Ozzy to pop out to shortstop yeah. or second base most of the game. So – more often than not, St. Louis is, they don't score many runs and they're not viewed as a very useful team to the really good players. Yeah, and and that's one of the things where RBI doesn't mirror real life because in real life, that that uh, 87 uh, St. Louis team was a really good team because they utilized their speed. But in RBI baseball, that park is little. If you know how to throw base runners out, you're going to throw everybody out except Sometimes not Coleman. Most of the time not Coleman, I would say, if he gets a good lead. But it, it just doesn't – that team does not translate Yeah. with the exception of uh, Tudor. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, people always think, like, oh, Jack Clark can hit some home runs. Well, Jack Clark does not see a single strike against me for the most part. So Yeah. Um, yep, that's right. That's right. I, I think I found through discussions on you know with all my followers on Twitter, a lot of people never really considered the the intentional base on balls as an advantage or an advantageous thing. So walk them and live we'll with... talk more about that for sure in the New York Minnesota matchup. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot to say about that. <laughs> so which that's our next matchup. Um, I was surprised okay. by these results. New York was favored. Um, um, with the votes, uh, 69.5% to Minnesota getting 30.5%. Uh, my mind was blown. My mind was blown by that, too. Like, don't get me wrong. There, New York... Especially with one starting pitcher, there's you, Minnesota has a clear advantage because 
in the two starting pitcher game, there you can you can make a good case, especially with with a staff like New York, to walk Gaetti, Puckett, and Herbeck, or, or maybe Gaetti and face Puckett because he's vastly underrated on oh, yeah. the game. I mean, he should be so good, and he's not. Um, you have to get one of those guys out between Gaetti, Puckett, Herbeck, and Bernieski. Everybody else in that lineup is trash. So if you can get one of those guys out, you can dominate that team with two starting pitchers. Now with one, especially if the, if the batter won't let you hit them, then you're going to waste so many pitches. It, it, it's a little bit dice. It's a little bit more dicey to do that. And you get you if you're playing one starting pitcher and you get that starting pitcher tired, you're in a world of hurt. Even though Orozco is probably the best relief pitcher in the game. Oh uh, yeah, he's in the discussion at least. I, I love Orozco. And New York is is probably my favorite team to use. Uh, obviously, I rate them pretty low down the ladder um, out of the 10 teams. Um, where do I have them at? I think eighth. Um, New York, and then I yeah. have Houston. They're, they have one of the, the better pitching staffs in the game, but their bats are eh, really suspect. But so, yeah, just I, I, to me, it's kind of a toss up matchup. And so the fact that so many people in what 82 votes were, were picking New York, I was really shocked by that. I'm shocked by your your answer and the people's answer because I think Minnesota is the clear in this one. Okay, because well, they've got the lineup and they've got good pitching. Yeah, they they do have a better lineup, and it's also a matchup that it's one of those matchups though that I feel really comfortable either way. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably more of an advocate for the Mets pitching staff than you and one starting pitcher because Bob Ojeda is one of my favorite pitchers in the game. He's got a pitch that yeah. Um, there's there's one particular pitch from one spot of the mound that I like to throw. And um, and so I'm a big Bob Ojeda fan. Um, strangely enough, he is my game one starter. And, um, in this matchup, I would go Ojeda, uh, Gooden in game two. People um, probably disagree with that, but I've used the Mets a ton. So, yeah, I'm running Bob Ojeda. I'm running lefties out there in game one and then Gooden in game two. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that because – of the the bulk of the power of Minnesota, the right hander, with the mm-hmm. exception of Herbeck. Yeah. So you just have to walk Herbeck no matter what mm-hmm. with Ojeda, or or just not give him anything to do. Yeah. Um. But you know what? Though at the same time, Burt Blylevin has, has his stamina. I think is the best in the game. Um. Pretty and sure it's fifty. He's yeah. A good pitcher. He's got good movement. Mm-hmm. He's got a big. Uh, I mean, I'm just gonna pull this up here. Yeah. Uh, he's a righty, so nine. Let me see here: ten into left and six to right. So yeah, he can move either way, left and right. And oh, endurance yeah. is fifty-four. So that's why, because I think there's some yeah, guys I think that that's are the highest. Yeah, definitely. So um, but yeah, he's Bert can go deep in the game. Viola's a he's a lefty. That's I think he's quality. He's not great, um, but he's he is he's, quality. He's yeah. quality. Yeah. So that's the problem. He's got some heat on his fastball. Yeah, he does. Um, so the the problem in that matchup is that Viola and Bly Levin, they can kind of go blow for blow with the Mets pitching of, of Ojeda and um, yeah. Gooden. Maybe but, a little bit lesser version, but but pretty close. Yeah, yeah. So um, And also, well, you factor in the Mets bats are pretty weak in general. Um, I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, my biggest gripe with the Mets bats is that Strawberry bats fifth. And it's like if yeah. he was maybe fourth, because sometimes you can you can do those lefty hits and get Dykstra and Wilson on with some speed on, 
And then yeah. it's like, you but, know, yep. Hernandez is nothing special. Carter's okay. And so yeah. it's like by the time you get to Strawberry, clear down at fifth with nobody behind him, really. Um, it's just yeah. kind of a flawed lineup. There's no reason to really pitch them. But if I'm starting Purple 11, I'm going to be a little bit more careful with Carter because mm-hmm. just because it's righty on righty. And then, but I have no problem walking Carter and then just nibbling yeah. and walking Carter because the batter's patient. And then just saying, hey, I'm walking, I'm walking strawberry. Put them both on and then whoever you want to put six is, is really not that big of a threat. What's um you know we did the the kind of the win percentage odds um, earlier with AL NL so what what do you think on the Minnesota New York where are you at on this one on Minnesota Minnesota New York one starting pitcher I'm at seventy thirty really wow okay right okay yeah for Minnesota well you're a little bit better at RBI baseball than me so I will stay away from that matchup if I ever have to play in a tournament so. <laughs> 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 or, or I'll I'll know that I need to be Minnesota there. So, um. <laughs> yeah, but but I do want to say, if they're if you're playing a two starting pitcher game, Minnesota's not that good because it's so easy to walk around that lineup. Oh sure, you yeah. Get one of those big hitters out, mm-hmm. and that's it. The problem is in that matchup, your bats are New York's bats, and Viola and Blylevin, they could shut New York down together. Really yeah. Easily. Yeah, and I've found with New York for me to win, you have to pitch really well, and you have to win like two to one, you know, or something like that, or one nothing, yeah, exactly, two to one. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's pretty rare. I hate, that... I hate playing with New York. <laughs> I, maybe I just like the challenge, but I love New York's pitching staff. So they're they're one of my favorites. And yeah, outside of um, um, what's the sorry here, um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Oh, Roger McDowell, who's kind of trash, he has a good knuckleball yeah. though. He has yeah. Roger. But actually, you know what? You can get by one inning. He's got a good fastball too. Yeah. Really good fastball. So yeah, you can. Yeah, even though Eric King at least. Yeah. So like for their worst pitcher, I, I think they'll pound. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, so, um, for the worst pitcher that New York has, pretty dang good fastball, really good knuckleball, halfway decent movement into a left-handed batter. So he, you know, he can do some things. Yeah. I, for me, that's the number one pitching staff in the game. Mm-hmm. I can't think of who's better. American, I, I think American League's in the conversation. With Maybe? yeah, well, their pitchers they have. Um, what's what I find kind of intriguing is um, Rigetti and Hanky. They throw the. I'm trying to think of the baseball term. Is it like the cutter? Like the the ball, whichever hand they throw with, it goes really far uh-huh. into the same handed batter. Um, whatever that baseball term is for that pitch. Oh yeah, okay. That'd so, be like a like a screwball or something. Yeah, a cutter can go both ways. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. But so they they have like a unique movement into the same handed batter, which sure. you're not used to seeing. Um, most pitchers don't have that. So and they're right. both relievers. So so that's true. Yeah. So I I I like to use that to my advantage because you can usually jam the same handed. Same-handed hitter, whereas other yeah. pitchers, um, if the batter's bailing in the box, he can just get good wood on it and just crank it out. So that's right. That's true. That's true. The problem I have with with American League pitching staff is Saber Hagen. Uh, even though he's sidearm, he's just not that good to me. He's got he's got decent movement. Actually, I, I would I would guess that his stats, his ratings, are pretty good movement wise. Eleven but and six. For whatever yeah. reason. 
it just doesn't translate to me. I sometimes have trouble um, nibbling the outside corner with a with a right-handed batter with Saberhagen, so I struggle there. Um, and so I've, you know, I can throw some unintentional meatballs with Saberhagen. So, um, yeah. And also, you're used yeah. to playing elite players, highly skilled guys, really good eye at the plate. Um, so I mean, if you're playing somebody that's no good. You're gonna strike them out like crazy with Saber Hagen, but you get into those True. those upper level players, and you know it's it's a whole different story. So, so the argument can be made either way. I think for, for me, I would give the slight advantage to New York's pitching. Mm-hmm. Well, but let's uh, definitely see your point. Hop to our final poll, which uh, you're gonna love. <laughs> 80, 80 votes. It was split. Yeah, you know. Houston fifty, St. Louis fifty. A little surprised by this. That's probably the most mind-blowing of all of them to me. What also surprised me was there are so many people that talk up St. Louis like they're so good when, you know, obviously we know they're they're not because their bats really struggle. Right. But I was expecting this to be a, a walk-away by St. Louis just because of yeah. their speed perception. And at one point, Houston right. was up, you know, when there was 40 votes, Houston was up, like, you know, by a pretty wide margin. So I was pretty shocked by that. For for me, and this this is not a compliment to St. Louis as much as it as much as it is an insult to Houston. For me, it's like ninety five five. Really? Because Houston is so bad. St. Louis is not very good either, but St. Louis has a chance. Houston is terrible. They've got they have Nolan Ryan, who's an, an awesome pitcher, but if you can't score any runs, it doesn't matter. I, I don't know if you remember this, but in one of the Ohio tournaments. I think on day one, I went nine and one. I beat you with Houston. one loss was to you. Yeah. Or did you have Houston or did and, I? And that's because I had Houston. Okay. Yeah. You had St. Louis, I had Houston, and you won one to nothing mm-hmm. in like 12 innings. Yeah. <laughs> that was frustrating. Actually, now that I think about it, Victor Lapari won the first, uh, or he won back-to-back Omaha tournaments. I think he came in 18-0. and 0. So I played him in group play his third time there. And called Houston St. Louis, and so he took St. Louis, and somehow I won with Houston one to nothing. So I'm I feel comfortable in that matchup just because I feel like I can shut down St. Louis. Like you know, Houston's all right-handed batters. St. Louis is pretty much all left-handed batters. So I always feel good that I can shut down Houston or St. Louis's batters, and eventually I will crap a run. Over the plate, you know. At some point, I will somehow get a couple hits. My my thoughts are different than yours on that matchup. I do think Houston, or excuse me, I do think St. Louis is the favorite. Um, they should be by by quite a bit, but um, I've had good luck with Houston in that matchup. Okay, so let's talk about your lineup on St. Louis. Okay. Where? Okay, so Coleman stays, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Coleman has to stay. And for me, you're gonna you're gonna try to slap the ball in between third base and shortstop. Even even if the third baseman gets it, you might beat it out. Ozzy Smith stays, right? Oh yeah, keep him in. Okay, so same thing. Try to slap the ball. Try to get a hit. Now he's not quite as fast as Coleman, as we both know, but he can beat out a hit to uh, deep in the hole. What happens at number three? Does Tommy Hurst stay? He's got decent speed, but I I always go with Lindemann there. That's what I do too. I put Lindem in there, and then you you have to pitch to him because you got Jack Clark behind him. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can get 
Coleman or Ozzie Smith on base, and you have to pitch to Lindemann, and he's got the pinch hit power. You could have a little bit of a situation. Oh yeah, yeah. Whereas, but but to me, Houston almost never had could have a situation. Like you can you can maybe create a situation with St. Louis. You just have to hope you get a hanging curveball or something with Houston. You hope you have to hope that the the low odds that the batter actually hits it out of the park with Houston because Glenn Davis should be really good. They suck. Yeah. Why? So I mean, the one bright spot they could have, they really don't. The the one thing with Houston, which no. they're one team that sort of matches up with St. Louis in the speed department. Billy Hatcher's 142, yeah. which is kind of like the, yeah. the worst leadoff hitters. Um, Cruz at 138 is okay. Um, Davey Lopes, I get him in early at 146 speed. So Davey Lopes is, is Tim Raines, almost Vince Coleman speed. Um, so they do have speed at yeah. the top. Um, so they just don't have much after that. Kevin Bass, 138. Yeah. Kevin Bass and Willie McGee are about the same. Um, so, I mean, really, it just comes down to Glenn Davis is nowhere near as good as Jack Clark, so you don't have to worry yeah. about Glenn Davis at all. But, uh, yeah, I, I use Houston Speed at the top, too. Um, and maybe it's because I'm used to playing with the Mets and trying to do the same damn thing, um, but try to manufacture a run. Hopefully, you know, I just hope to manufacture a run with that speed and the top of the order and – and uh, go from there. So sometimes you get lucky and hit a home run with freaking Craig Reynolds or something, you know. So yeah, I know. <laughs> so do you leave Billy Hatcher in that leadoff spot, or do you put Davey Lopes there? I put I go Hatcher and I leave in Cruz, and then I put in Lopes. So the first three guys all have yeah, really good speed. Yeah, at third. Yep. Yeah. So at least I get speed at the top. Glenn Davis blows, and then you get Kevin Bass, weak hitter, but one thirty eight speed. Doran at 136, that's nothing to write home about for speed, but at least I get the first three batters, you know, have a chance to, you know, slap some hits somewhere and, and get some guys, maybe runners on the corners or something with one out. You know, I think, I think for me, it comes down to the fact that their slap hitters like Billy Hatcher, for example, he's a right-handed batter with a left-handed slap hitter. You could try to hit it through the whole third and short. Yeah. And, or, or you, you can beat it out. But on a right-hander, you really can't just try to flop it between first and second because the throw is so short that yeah. it's really hard to beat it out if the guy gets it. So for me, that makes a huge difference. Fortunately, I'm kind of a so dead... to me, Hatcher's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a dead pole so hitter. For me, Hatcher's, it's just not that good. Yeah, I'm kind of a dead pole hitter. So... I'm, I'm more often than not with a righty. I can kind of, for some reason, I can kind of do the lefty hit, but with a righty, I just go up there taking my cuts as normal, and I can usually get it to shortstop or third, you know, so I have a shot at least. Okay. I'm a so, better. So, okay, then. So if you're Vince Coleman, you're still pulling? Um, no, no, no. Well, what I'll do is um, I like to cock the bat, but when I want to do the lefty okay, hit, I good. don't cock the bat. So, okay. so like with Coleman and Ozzy, I'm not kind of lightly tapping the A to get the bat cocked because I want to slow down my reaction to to slap it to the left side. Yeah, but but don't doesn't that tip me off that you're going to try to do the the lefty hit and then I'm just going to bust you and just going <laughs> to beat you down inside? Well, yeah, you can try that, but yeah, but then I <laughs> okay. keep the bat on the shoulder, you know, and see if I can maybe yeah. you know take a few pitches and 
So I don't. It's a it's a back and forth. It's a dance, you know. <laughs> yeah, that that's probably what I love the most about RBI baseball is as simple as the game is. There's still a lot of uh, head matchups going on. Like okay, so you you don't cock your bat on Coleman. I know that that means you're probably going to try to do a lefty slab. I'm going to try to bust you inside. You're going to try to do something different. It's just like a little game within the game, just like real baseball. And that, that's what I love the most about the game. You know, I was thinking the other day, um, I had a buddy that, that would run, always try to get the extra base on me. And so okay. when you deal with that all the time, you get really good at rundowns. And um, so I remember I would go to some, you know, tournaments or I'd play in our tournament and people would try to run on me and they're used to people that aren't so efficient at the rundown. And yeah, um, so it's just, it's interesting the skill sets different people have because of who they've been playing. So right. yeah, one time I was, I haven't really had to do rundowns cause I don't get to play Kurt much, but you know, in my heyday, I was pretty much robotic out on a rundown. So, so I did, I had the RBI blessing of playing Riley, and he's an elite player, of course. So I've always had to play at my very best level because he's at his best level all the time, too. So I think we kind of fed off of each other. But you're right. You, you start to get accustomed to the nuances of how the player that you play the most plays mm -hmm. and then when somebody brand new comes in it, it can throw you off a little bit at first i'd say i'm a better pitcher than riley but he's, he's an elite pitcher but I'm, I'm a better pitcher but he's a better batter and i would not to toot my own horn but i would say i'm an elite batter but he's a better batter okay so we kind of are 50 50 but just opposite each other what do you think, uh, Mike Beals? What do you think his his? I haven't really got to play Beals much in my in my time at the tournaments. What do you think his best attribute is or asset? Um, he's 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 all rounded good. Okay. He's a good hitter and he's a good pitcher. He is not um, the best at either, but he's good at both. Yeah. So that that keeps him in every game. He uh, did something that that blows my mind because I've never. This is, hasn't even crossed my mind. He oftentimes will stare at the home plate, <laughs> and when the ball comes across, it reacts. Whereas I'm trying my very best to see the ball actually come out of the pitcher's hand, like you would if you were standing there really batting against somebody to try to track the movement. But he's just reacting to the the final movement, which which when he told me that, I that blew my mind. I tried it and I couldn't uh, do but it. He's very good at it. So yeah. I've tried that. I, I think you told me that before about him or, or somebody, and I tried that. And I mm -hmm. I could not hit for anything. I was worse. So I couldn't either. That's a that's a talent there. Another thing he masters is if I'm a right-handed pitcher and he's a left-handed batter, he will he will take his batter as far back in the box as he possibly can, <laughs> and it kind of changes the dynamic a little bit because. If you want to nibble on that outside corner, he's got an extra split second to see if it's going to hit the corner or not. And then if he's just looking at the plate and not tracking, because I like to, if I'm going to nibble the corner, I like to start the ball way outside and then just clip the back end of the back corner mm -hmm. and then piss the batter off saying, I can't believe that ended up going over the plate. Whereas he, he's got an extra second to see me do that and he's not even looking at the, the ball coming out of my hand way 
far away from the core. So it, it, he's got an interesting strategy, which just changes the di- dynamic just a little bit. Beals is always um, always in the final four. Unfortunately, he never gets out of the, the semifinal. Um, he's lost twice to Victor Lapari in a best of three. And then the, then this or last year, he lost to Mark Bridges. Um, and I think he's gotten swept oh, every time. Bridges is an elite player, too. Oh, yeah, Bridges. That was the first guy that ever no-hit me. I was like, dude. So, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. And and I only struck Bridges out. Bridges is good at both, also. Uh-huh. He's elite hitting and elite pitching. And he's pumped up when he's when he's playing. He's fist-pumping. He's hooting and hollering. He's a... Uh, mm-hmm. He's a yeah. very demonstrative guy. Um, yeah. And when um, yeah. when Bridges and, no hit me, I, I think I only struck out like uh-huh. seven times. Like I, like he had wow. command. He what was, was the it was New York, Minnesota. So and I was I'm pretty sure I was in New York. Dude, he just had command. Like I couldn't believe that game. I don't. I'd never seen anything like it. Now, do you, in those tournaments, do you play one starting pitcher or two? Um, this was at this was actually at, at yours or or Beal's tournament, so it would have been two starting pitcher. Oh, okay. So I would was, have been two, yeah. Which okay. would have made it. I mean, if you're an elite pitcher and it's two starting pitcher, that's definitely a big advantage for you. Um, so I mean, I'm sure that played a role. Huh. But I mean, yeah, he just I just remember it didn't matter who he had on the mound, he could just put the ball wherever he needed to, and I couldn't I couldn't do anything with it. Riley's no hit me a few times, but I've I've no hit him a few times. And it's uh, it's it, it's pretty intense down in that ninth inning. It's so much fun. Yeah, I was no hit um, a second time against Curtis. I can't I can't for the life of me can't remember the matchup. But um, so I've definitely it's happened to me twice, and I think I maybe got Kurt no hit once. I got I think I got him once. I know okay. I no hit Nate once, but it was like two in the morning, and we were we were just it was too late for us to be playing. So yeah, you're so, getting looped. Yeah, that so that one doesn't count. I I would say that Riley and I probably have perfect games each other at least once each. Wow. So just every once in a while you you get in such a, a groove, and sometimes it's the exact opposite for the other guy. We just you can't see anything, and if you match those up just perfectly every once in a while, you can get a no hitter or even a perfect game in there. Well, I think we've hit up all of our RBI poll topics. I think we've covered a lot of different matchups. We got the additional one with uh, Cal and uh, Boston. A little bit of that takes as well. Got anything else you want to cover on RBI? No, I just I didn't want to say thanks for having me on. I love talking about RBI baseball. It is, in my opinion, the number one video game in the history of the world. And I don't get to play it as much as I used to. Riley lives far away from me, 45 minutes or so. He's got three kids. I have two kids. So if I can't play RBI baseball, I at least want to be talking about it. I really appreciate you putting me on. Yeah, you guys, um, you know, back in the day, Nate and I, like, we just had to schedule, tell our wives, hey, we're doing it this night. So, which, you know, sometimes people have different situations with you can't even do that. But uh, so it's like sometimes you just got to try to make time or, or have a mother-in-law, hey, can you help with the wife and kids? And so, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. 
So. I got to go play video games that I played when I was 12. Mm-hmm. You're right, yep. though. Yeah. So, well, I know a thing or two about flying across the country to stupid Tecmo Bowl tournaments in Pittsburgh and Cincinnati yeah. and driving yeah. okay. all day That's to fair. freaking Green Bay with Nate and Ben. All right, man. Well, thanks for joining me, and um, hopefully our listeners enjoyed the uh, discussions on these teams, So, uh, especially with no sports, thanks to the – coronavirus uh, we're doing our part to give people some entertainment thank you bro yep all right man good talking to you